VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. (laughs) His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Catch and Shoot 2.0. You are listening to Otto Strong, which means you're not listening to Aaron Berlin. Aaron is off on the West Coast this week, exploring Northern California and doing some other work. Uh, You'll find him on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Berlin, if you want to check check him out. Uh, So filling in for Aaron is our chief content officer at Pure Hoops Media, who oversees all of our shows and is a regular on buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt. It is Bruce. Hey, Otto. It's great to be with you. Uh, As Aaron works his way up and down the West Coast, uh, I'm going to do my best to fill his considerable shoes as we sort of jump in on a week where the real world has unfortunately intruded on our fun little sports world. Yeah, it, it 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 most certainly has 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 done that. Uh, so the uh, coronavirus, which is which is nothing new to to uh, everybody within the sound of our voice, uh, knows that there are a number of things that are kind of up in the air. We record on a Tuesday, and so uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, a number of things may have shifted. But let's just kind of uh, kind of hit the reset button on what we know at this point. Uh, as it as it refers uh, regard, with regard to sports, so the NBA is going to meet on Wednesday to discuss um, how they are going to handle uh, fans attending games and all kinds of other things that uh, that this uh, outbreak or pandemic, if you want to go so far, uh, what what that all means and and uh, how it will affect um, at least as far as the NBA is concerned, how it will affect operations moving forward. Well, we all want our games and we all want to see our favorite teams and our players and everything but really people what's what's most important is preventing a mass level of sickness that affects people kills people and just grinds our society to a halt so for the uh sports world to sort of compete in more of a sanitary environment as the uh, authorities figure out how to move past this epidemic uh, is a small price to pay, and I have no problem at all seeing games in front of uh, you know empty arenas because I watch most of them on TV anyway. So I think you know in my little bunker here in New England, uh, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Right, and so you know that that's it. It uh, has become a, a very real. I mean, it's a, a real thing for all of us. But uh, as uh, someone who is a member of the media and a sports editor at the Fort, Fort Worth Star Telegram, uh, I have people that are both in the field at spring training and. Uh, in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament that it's going to be taking place this place this weekend, and it, you know it creates a number of questions as to how uh, you know w- what is the response. Obviously, as as you just mentioned, Bruce, uh, individuals' health and safety is first and foremost, bar none. So you know we're taking every every precaution to make sure our people are safe. But beyond that, you know, locker rooms have have closed uh, you know, for for um, for a number of sports, uh, NBA, NHL, 
uh, MLS, I believe, NBA as well. And uh, it's just uh, it's an evolving story that seems to change, um, not even day by day, but sometimes hour by hour, even minute by minute. Um, and it's a it's a very it's a very sobering time. Uh, can you recall anything like this? I mean, we we're both guys who have lived a little bit. <laughs> have, have I don't really recall. I mean, H1N1 and, and SARS, it just evolved. This it just feels different. It does feel different. And I don't know if it's just a sign of the times that with social media, rumors turn into reality, even though it's not reality so quickly and bad news spreads instantaneously. But again, when you're talking about, you know, potentially millions of people and a public health crisis, we in the sports world need to know, kind of know our place, right? And look, the Ivy League has taken the lead a little bit in canceling their men's and women's postseason tournament. So that means the Princeton women and the Yale men are going to the tournament. Uh, and the other teams, unfortunately, that might have been able to win those tournament and get a bid uh, won't be able to do it. So they've sacrificed. And I think that's just kind of the beginning, right, Otto? I mean, as yeah. the NCAA tournament gets set to begin in a few days, uh, we really still don't know how that's going to be handled. Exactly. You know, we're we're all kind of watching, as I said, you know, things are changing seemingly, um, seemingly, you know, by the hour. And uh, you know, the, the best advice I think that, that we can, you know, give people is to take the public warnings and, and, and uh, advisories uh, with the utmost seriousness and practice good and smart hygiene. You know, and that starts as basic as it sounds all the way back to kindergarten, wash your hands, you know, keep your hands to yourself, all that kind of stuff. So as to not, um, you know, as to not, uh, you know, get, get other people, um, you know, sick or, or, or infected. From the calamity that's the coronavirus to the infirmity that Giannis Antetokounmpo has been suffering with his recent injuries, the Milwaukee Bucks, who have been riding a wave all season long, are facing their first adversity of the season. And while we have come to expect automatic wins out of the Bucks, pretty much, uh, we're really starting to see just how Giannis dependent Coach Mike Budenholzer and his Bucks have become. Yeah, well, so now they're uh, at at uh, at time of this recording, they're fifty three and twelve, uh, and the Lakers, uh, by virtue of having you know strung a few wins together, are right on their heels, and so it it. Yeah, you know, yes, the, the the Bucks are kind of in a little bit of a uh, of a spot. Not for the Eastern Conference, you know, crown. They're they're, you know, six and a half, or at least for the number one seed. You know, they obviously still have to go through the postseason to see if they'll be in the NBA Finals. But they have a six and a half game lead on the Raptors, and they're probably very safe there. But you know, this was a squad that people were talking about. Could they win seventy three? And then, well, could they win seventy? Now it's will they have the best record? Well, as they've sort of come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, and the Lakers continue to just plow forward, uh, becoming really a, a, a juggernaut, particularly after their exploits over the past week or so, where they took down uh, Milwaukee and then they took down the Clippers. Um, it really is getting tight. But Mike Budenholzer does have uh, enough of a cushion that on Monday night he could rest Chris Middleton against the Denver Nuggets and kind of wave the white flag in that game, knowing that he does have a pretty significant cushion over number two Toronto in the East. So uh, it seems that at, at this point, they're in the mode, Milwaukee's in the mode of, we need Giannis healthy. It's good that some of these reserves could get a few extra meaningful minutes. It's almost kind of a load management deal that benefits the other teams, particularly last on Monday night with Middleton not playing. So I think Milwaukee's biggest concern is, 
let's be healthy as we head into the playoffs. They're not going to be challenged in the first round. They're going to probably sweep whoever they play in the first round. So uh, then it's like time to get ready for uh, the Torontos of the world or uh, the Bostons or Indiana, Philadelphia, who na- you name it. So if I could be so bold, I'm going to look all the way ahead to June, early June and the NBA finals. How important, because I mean, basically what we're, what, what, what these guys, Lakers and Bucks are, are fighting for is to see who gets to court, you know, for, for, for a game seven, should there be a game seven? How much do you think that that actually would matter to the two squads as they're currently constituted? Which two squads are you referring to there? Well, so say like, like if the if the season ended the way, or the if the the Eastern or Western Conference Finals ended the way with the ones on top, so Lakers coming out of the West, Bucks coming out of, out of the East, how much do you think uh, having home court, uh, you know, in the NBA Finals, which obviously means you know hosting a Game Seven, should it get that far? Um, who, who do you think it favors? Who do you think it hurts? I think you always want to have the home court because in addition to having game seven at home, you get games one and two at home. So you have a chance to get the jump on, on the series. And it's funny, my old colleague from ESPN, Avery Johnson, who coached in the NBA finals used to tell me that he felt home court advantage in the playoffs was overrated because his theory was if you're the better team, you should win it in six and you're Mm -hmm. on your home court in game six. So that was his attitude about it. And I kind of understand where he's coming from on that, but I, but I, like I said, I think as the home team, you would, you don't want to be down 0-2 going into, you know, af- after two games. So to me, getting the jump at the beginning of the series is pretty important as well. Well, I'm going to plant the flag. I'm going to say the Lakers would be the team that would benefit more with home court. I think the reserves for the Lakers uh, could use it. I think the reserves of the Bucks would play better uh, on the road if they did not have home court advantage. And if the Bucks and the Lakers do meet in the championship round, the Larry O'Brien Trophy should be renamed the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Trophy this year only because he won championships with both of those franchises. Boom. <laughs> Second the motion. Let's get it done. Well, that brings up an interesting question, as Giannis and LeBron are probably both looking at one-two for in the you know, in the MVP race. So. Before we talk about you know, who who else might be in the mix, do you have a favorite? Do you have a thought on who you think will emerge? To me, LeBron is the PMVP, which is the permanent most valuable player. Uh, I'm the biggest fan. I love the guy. I think he's amazing. I would probably vote for him if the season ended today. But you know what? We still have about a fifth of the season to go. So you could also make the argument that Giannis is showing that he's the MVP by seeing how tough it's been for his team without him in the lineup, playing against, you know, not the greatest competition, but having struggles against them. Is age how do you factor? feel? Well, so quick question. Is age a factor? Does it does the fact that LeBron is in his 17th season, does he get like bonus points for 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 that somehow? Uh no. Not in my mind. I mean, I'm, I mean, look, uh, I know I'm the old school guy this week and everything, but, uh, but uh, no, I mean, just, just look at the team's record. Look at what he's doing. I mean, I've never seen anything like this guy ever. I mean, if Dr. Naismith had created the perfect basketball player in a laboratory somewhere at the beginning of when he created the sport, that player would come out looking a lot like LeBron James. Hmm. And and you know, Giannis would be a, a would be a one A. Oh know. yeah. So oh so, yeah. 
So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward LeBron. I think and I think the 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 years of experience and the years in the league is gonna play a factor in um in voters decisions in, in the voter decision here so that's that i'm going to look at give my give my nod there but um so now that we've solved that <laughs> who who are some other kind of unsung you know or or another way to say it if you took lebron and Giannis out of the conversation who would the league who would be the mvp of the league this season i mean i i scribbled down a few names and i think you could probably make the case for probably any of these finishing number three Pascal Siakam. Everyone figured Toronto was going down the tubes without Kawhi. Well, that hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul, who's helped Oklahoma City to some incredibly great performances this year, including an absolute robbery on the road on Sunday in Boston. Anthony Davis, right, who's uh, the recipient of many of LeBron's league-leading assist numbers. Of course, there's still Kawhi with the Clippers. And how about Luka Doncic down there in the Metroplex, uh, Otto? That's the guy. That's your homie down there. Yeah. So everybody's, you know, Luka. Everyone's Luka crazy <laughs> in in the Metroplex, and for and for good reason. He has certainly been impressive. Um, I'd have a difficult time going. I mean, look, it, when he hasn't been in, it is it 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 is showed. Um, you know what what that squad is without him, and clearly they are not a playoff squad. I mean, I feel similar to um, to Chris Paul. You know, so. Um, I believe I saw a stat where the Thunder are th the third best record since the end of November. I mean, a, a, and this is a guy who's you know clearly flying under the radar. Uh, Luca gets a lot of love. You know, Pascal Siakam has, has um, people have noticed, and they aptly said that uh, this was a squad that people didn't think was going to be um, doing as well as they are doing. Um, Anthony Davis. That's an interesting, very interesting question. Um, I kind of think that it might actually be Anthony Davis, even more so than than Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi uh, has had an amazing season, but I kind of don't feel like they are, they've taken LA. You know, the Lakers have stolen so much of their thunder. I guess I'll say it like that. That I feel like Anthony Davis would be the guy there. Right, and and it's it's a regular season award, and you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. But uh, to me, I mean. The, to me, Chris Paul is the real dark horse here. He's not going to finish third, okay? I don't believe he's going to finish third. I think it's much more likely that that maybe Siakam or Anthony Davis probably will. But I'm just so impressed with what he's done and how he's led Oklahoma City this year. I mean, that team was really, I mean, Westbrook leaves, you know, Paul George leaves, and they're just as good. But here's the thing. I mean, so so why not Chris Paul? I mean, they're 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 one game out of of having home court uh, in the you know in the first round of the four seed. I mean that that's pretty that's pretty stunning. They're three games you know back of Denver. That's 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 all that, that's saying a lot for 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 what a Chris Paul led squad um, you know has has been doing there. And you know, I think you know in Chris's case, we all we sort of knew that he was a pretty good defensive player, right? But I think, you know, he's shown there was a sequence towards the end of the game on Sunday against Boston where Jason Tatum was posting him up. And Tatum and this was near the end of the game where Boston Boston really needed a bucket. Chris Paul just battled him, forced Tatum to take a tough shot, shot was missed, and it, and and I looked to me, I I looked at that play there and I said this guy is the definition of gritty. Chris mm -hmm. Paul is gritty. 
He, he that that he has always been. I mean, he's, he's been a uh, an amazing leader on 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 the floor, um, going all the way back to the to the New Orleans days. Um, you know, love love those love those old squads. But uh, but yeah, no, he's he's he, I, he's still an exciting player to watch. And you know, I, I'd love to see you know, OKC um, kind of have a have a strong showing in the postseason. It's time once again for that catch and shoot 2.0 favorite, old school, new school. You're the, I believe you're the only person that has two children in both leagues, right? Or well, one I, and, and still, that's an everyday, everyday thing because I'm the mother of millennials who are millionaires. But I'm the only one that keeps it real with them all. Come on over, you know. You, you're getting too much. Don't believe the press script clippings because I'm mom, you know, and I still have to maintain mom. And then I also have to make sure that, that, you know, when they got all these yes people around them, they still need somebody to say, nah, this ain't going to work. This ain't what we do. And they need somebody to tell them no sometimes. And I'm that type of mom that I maintain who I am. I maintain who we are as a family. Those were the words of Pamela McGee, a member of the 1983 and 1984 NCAA Women's Championship squad from USC. She's referring to her children, JaVale McGee of the Lakers and Imani McGee Stafford of the Dallas Wings. Pamela is definitely old school in many ways, but is also very much a factor right now in the business world. Her legendary Women of Troy teams are featured in the new HBO documentary that dropped Tuesday night. It was probably the original women's dream team with legends like Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper, Pamela, and her sister, Paula McGee. All four have their numbers retired by the school. And since Bruce is a little bit older than me, he gets to be the cranky old guy this week, and I'm playing the role of the kid. Bruce, what do you got? That team, I remember them. I was in my mid-20s when they were in their heyday. And I remember at the time them being really different. Cheryl Miller was this superstar, one of the really, you know, along with, say, Nancy Lieberman, one of the first superstar women's players. And I think at the time we were watching that team, we were just thinking, wow, that's a really good team. But then as the years went by and people like Cynthia Cooper became a WNBA legend, Looking back on it now, and I think it's great that HBO did this documentary on him. Shout out Bill Simmons and The Ringer for for all that. Um, in looking back on it, I really do think that that might have been the the real birth of women's basketball superstar teams, the the original dream team, as I think you said it earlier, uh, if you will. So to me, a lot of what has followed in the women's game since you know almost 35, 40 years ago with that team. Uh, a lot of it, I think, really did. Those guys were, were those women were, were real trailblazers of the game. And now uh, with the new school perspective on this is the young man, Otto Strong, who's not all that young. Well, so, yeah, so, so as, as an aside, every now and again, I'll, I'll still get carded, which is kind of funny because I'm 50. Um, but it, ha- <laughs> but it, ha- it has to be clean shaven and it has to be like, you know, like, you know, dark. <laughs> but, but, but uh, but back to the matters at hand. So you know, look, I I did not uh, grow up with with the, with the with the USC squad. I was just you know a tad bit younger. My, my influence was was seeing the the UConn schools and you know Gina's uh, Gino's Oriama's uh, teams that he would just kind of roll through stores. You know, it seemingly seemingly year after year. In fact, it it kind of felt like you could just pencil UConn into a Final Four, you know, in October, and then just like okay, who are the other three teams that we're gonna you know, you know, drag to whether it's New Orleans or Indianapolis, uh, and who who will we have the honor of of beating? 
Um, but what we've seen in recent years is I, I, I don't think it's that UConn has fallen. I think it's that the is that other teams have have risen, which is really really what you, what you want. You want to see you know some some hard hard fought competition. You want to see um, you know compelling games. You know all the way through. So. You know, we've seen uh, Notre Dame, you know, go run, make a run at, at, at the UConn-led teams. We've seen Baylor. We've seen other schools. Um, now, obviously, we're, we're all eyes are on Oregon and, and Sabrina and Ionescu. Um, so, it, I, to me, it's a really you know exciting time just to be able to you know not necessarily know where your champion is coming from. We always respected great female athletes in other sports, right? You know, tennis, we always respected the Martina Navratilovas, the Chris Everts, the Billie Jean Kings, and certainly gymnastics, figure skating. But uh, the the women ballers right now, some of them are real badasses. And I think it's great. Well, Bruce, consider this. When Kobe was asked, uh, and this has come up a, a few different times, but when Kobe had been asked about, hey, man, it's, 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 it's a shame or a tragedy that you don't have a son, uh, you know, his response was was always, and no, 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 I, you know, it, I, I got this. It's okay. Or, or I think that was more Gianna's response. She said, "No, I'm going to carry the family legacy on. I'm going to be the one that 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 uh, that, that that you know the, carries the Bryant name into you know, uh, you know the, the next generation of the of the Bryant name." But what that speaks to in a in a larger way is just the the popularity of the women's game, and in, in, in with regard to what Kobe was able to do by putting a spotlight on uh, women athletes. Um, you know, and not just the not just the you know, WNBA players, but you know, college collegiate players. Uh, we talked earlier about Sabrina Ionescu, uh, how he would mentor and be kind of be on the lookout and and provide guidance, uh, you know, for them on and off the floor, uh, and then going all the way down to you know, not just Gianna, who of course is his daughter, but um, he had he coached a number of, of different teams, basketball, yes, but he had other teams that he was uh, invested in, and so you know, just speaks to um, the the overall rising tide of popularity of women's basketball. Bruh. Well, we have several bruh candidates this week. Uh, mine goes to Brooklyn management, specifically general manager Sean Marks, concerning the uncoupling of coach Kenny Atkinson and the Nets. It was especially unseemly firing Kenny Atkinson the morning after a 19-point win. When Kenny was hired, the franchise was in developmental mode. There was no Kyrie Irving. There was no Kevin Durant. It was a young team trying to emerge from the wreckage of the terrible Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade that pretty much gutted their franchise. But once those two guys were signed, we knew that next season, not this season, but next season, they were going to immediately go into the win-really-soon-if-not-now mode. So the dismissal is understandable on some levels. And look, I think Brett Brown is facing a similar situation if the Sixers flame out in the playoffs. A lot of times the guy who develops the team isn't seen as the guy who's going to lead them to the promised land and the playoff and the championship. So that part is somewhat understandable. But it just seems that in Kenny Atkinson's case, why not wait until after the season? Otto, what do you have? 
Mm. Well, my bruh of the week comes back to the topic that we started the show off with. Um, uh, LeBron, for all of the greatness, and there is a lot of greatness, there was one thing that I've got to take issue with. Uh, he had said when asked um, if he would consider playing games uh, in empty arenas, and he had a very uh, kind of defiant stance where he said, absolutely would I not do that. I play, I play games for the fans, and if there's no fans, there's no me. Uh, and I think that just was the wrong uh, uh, note note to strike uh, at that particular point. Now, I will give him um, the benefit of the doubt with regard to um, the the coronavirus conversation that we're having today on, on a Tuesday afternoon is not the coronavirus conversation that we were having a couple of days ago when the conversation, uh, when that comment was made. And it's probably not going to be the conversation that, that will be had tomorrow when everybody in the world is is listening to this we could be in a vastly different place but uh i would just you know leave leave everybody with this um practice some smart hygiene wash hands you know take the necessary precautions that you can all right let's go time to stick the landing thanks darlene i'll do my best Thanks to Bruce Bernstein for filling in this week as Aaron Berlin enjoys time off on the West Coast. Bruce assures me that you are not going to become the Wally Pip and he is not Lou Gehrig. And for our younger listeners out there, just Google Wally Pip. You know what I'm, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Thanks also to Scott Turkin and our editor, Ben Wolfen. Otto, those guys are the best. We appreciate all they do. And uh, I'd like to ask everyone to please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. Monica McNutt has Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, which drops every Thursday. And the Paula McGee sound that you heard earlier in the show uh, that we played is from the conversation that Monica and Paula had this week, and you will enjoy it. Check that out. That show drops on Thursday. The Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman comes your way with a new show every Friday. The Mike Wise Show has a new episode each Monday, and this week's guest is former Georgetown star Michael Sweetney, who shares stories of his battle against mental illness and also his current gig as the assistant coach of Yeshiva University, which has reached the Sweet 16 of the Men's Division III NCAA Tournament. And you'll definitely want to check out our newest show, Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams, which drops every Tuesday. Kim and John are on the road calling games, and they're on top of the entire college hoop scene with March Madness in full swing. Please check out all of our shows. Listen, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. But otherwise, enjoy. Aaron is back next week. Thanks again to Bruce. And stay safe, everyone. Captain Shoots 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.